Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast. You're listening to my, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. All I could say, the word for last night was, wow, what a phenomenal game last night. Game two, Portland Trailblazers against the Golden State Warriors, and things would have been turned upside down if Portland just would have been able to capitalize, you know, being up 15 near the end of the first half you know going in 65 to 50 you know things were just clicking on point left and right the only thing that really wasn't clicking with Portland was Damian Lillard he was struggling to get his groove on he couldn't really just he just seemed to come find the right spots he was just cold all night uh CJ McCollum coming up huge for them even Seth Curry uh Steph Curry's brother coming up huge you know, late in the fourth quarter, hitting up a three that put him up by one against Golden State with like less than two minutes to play. And, you know, it just, it's crazy just how things can, how Golden State can just go on a run like that. You know, two, three years ago, it was phenomenal to see and the fact that they can still be this consistent. And I think a lot of people know, you know, Golden State does just fine when you look at the record when they don't play with KD. In fact, they actually operate better without him. So the question is now is, is it going to be more pressure for KD to come back? And at this point, does, just, does this only just enhance his idea of leaving Golden State as well? So... I think a lot of people are thinking because KD, he's very, you know, he doesn't he doesn't take criticism lightly. It's hard for him to take in that kind of criticism, especially when you left OKC to go to Golden State, in which I defend. He has every right to go there. He was a free agent going on the market, and he's like, all right, I'll go to Golden State. Why not? So he had every right to do that. Um, with that being said. I think this only just is just the final turning point for Golden State and KD. Uh, like I said, I, I repeated, he's going to go to New York. He's going to go to the Mecca. I think he wants to show people that he can do this type of thing. Like he wants to be the go-to guy and show the public that, you know, he can he can lead a team. And even though like he did lead Golden State to back-to-back titles against Cleveland, it's still, he'll never get that credit where credit is due. You know, being NBA Finals MVP twice. Um, you know, it's just people are just going to look at him not as the go-to guy. It's always going to be Steph Curry. Not wrong with that because Steph Curry was drafted there. And it just, it is what it is. It's just like when LeBron James joined Dwayne Wade in Miami. As great as LeBron is, they will never look at him like they, you know, Miami Heat fans uh, you know, endorsed Dwayne Wade. It's just he was drafted in Miami and stayed there, you know, 90% of his career there, and he finished there. So I think right now, you know, the big stories right now is the pressure on KD and Damian Lillard and the Portland Trailblazers. You know, 
to blow a lead at one point, you know, being up 17, it's just, man, that game too was pivotal. And that pretty much sealed the series for Golden State. Uh, Just imagine, you know, the headlines this morning if, you know, Seth Curry hits that shot and Portland's able to get the W against Golden State. I mean, it would have been, you know, it just... There's no words to really describe it. It's just Golden Golden State just rallied back, and, you know, it shows why they've been to the finals for, what, four consecutive seasons now? So, I mean, there's really, you know, this is, they're going to, I, I, uh, he, they're going to get that third title. <clears throat> so, it's, as much as I want to endorse Toronto, and even though they kind of look sluggish right now against Milwaukee, um, right now Toronto seems like they're relying on Kawhi a little too heavily. Uh, even Mark Gasol even said about it. But with that being said, either way, the winner of that series out of the Eastern Conference, I don't think they have a chance in hell against Golden State. Uh, Golden State proved it last night, and you know they're prov- they they're playing with a chip on their shoulder because once KD went down, people are like, uh oh, and then Steph Curry and everyone was like, what, uh oh, what, you know what I mean? Like it's just like it's, it's it, it don't matter. Like we 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 won a championship without him, we'll do it again, you know what I mean? So, and I I'm not saying Kevin Durant won't return because he will be back at some point, but like I said, you know. A lot of pressure on KD, <clears throat> and I think this only enhances his reasons for leaving Golden State. Um, you know, like I said, you know Seth Curry, he was phenomenal last night. He was he didn't miss a shot in the fourth quarter, so he was clutch for Portland. He uh, putting up uh, 16 at the end of the night. Steph Curry, though, I mean, man, 37, 8, and 8. It's just when a guy like that gets that hot, it's just it's almost unguardable. It's a dude like that and then his parents in the stand and Golden State just going wild. It's just every, every time he, he hits a three, that place goes wild. So it's, it's hard to shut up a place like that in Oracle Arena. Because they just go absolutely bonkers. And it's just, you know, it's hard when you have that that home court advantage, especially that rowdy crowd like that, that messes up your mind like that. You get a total different mindset when you're a visiting team. So the pressure just seems to be just keep it keeps building. And I think, you know, that was just one of the main reasons why Portland fell apart. You know, Damian, like I said, he couldn't get his thing going. He struggled. And granted, yeah, he put up 23 points and 10 assists but still he was struggling all night for the most part and you know it was the CJ McCollum he did his thing best he could and like I said Seth Curry didn't miss a shot in the fourth he did his thing 16 points at the end of the night but when you have a team like Golden State and a guy like Steph Curry that can get that hot that quick it's just it's it's a dangerous concept, and Clay Thompson can sometimes ride the hot hand too. So if one of those guys get gets cold, you know, he, you can dish it out to one of the other Splash Brothers and Clay Thompson. Um, Draymond Green, he usually can get the hot hand, but not so much hot as Clay or Steph Curry. 
but nonetheless, I mean, that game last night was just wow. You know, I'm I'm watching that game and Golden State creeping back on them. I'm like, man, they they don't do something about Steph. You know, they're Golden State. You know, they're gonna pull away with this one. Sure enough, they couldn't stop them. They didn't have an answer on defense. So it's just it is what it is. So after game two, you know, now they're coming back home. Now they got the home court advantage. How do you rebuttal against something like that? You know, when you're up 15, it's it's hard to get your mind right after that kind of loss, being up 15. You know, it's like, man, we could have had game two, take that momentum out of Oracle and ride it back to Portland. But now it's just like deflated. And it's just like, man, it's just we, we could have been split. Now we got to work two consecutive games and win them. Winning one game against this type of team, that's just, uh, that's climbing a mountain in itself. But it's even a bigger mountain, especially when you're down 0-2. It could have been just just a steep hill after game two if they would have stole that against Golden State, but they couldn't. So, you know, so especially the type of role players that they got, guys like Andre Iguodala, he may not give you the points or the assists or the bounds, but nonetheless, I mean, he's a solid defender for them. I mean, there's a re- one of the reasons why he was MVP of the finals a couple of years ago. But, man, it's just oof. a team like that. They're dangerous. Draymond did his thing. 16 points, 10 boards, 7 assists. Uh, Clay, 24. Uh, 3 boards, 2 assists. I mean, those guys, they're just they're phenomenal. They're fun to watch. Granted, and like I said, I, I've, I've criticized the NBA nowadays because there hardly is any defense, in which there isn't, basically. But uh, when you have a team like this, it's it's fun to watch. We're, we're witnessing history, you know, when, you know, kids grow up and they're going to hear about Golden State. They're going to hear about that, kind, that type of roster, that type of squad. You know, and they're going to hear old folks like myself, like, talk about Golden State and how great they were, how dangerous they were. It was one of those teams that they practically live and died by the three, but for the most part, they were successful off it. Because, like I said, I think they win the ship this year. That'd be a three-peat. That'd be, what, four titles out of the past five seasons? And then after that, we'll see what the offseason brings them. But either way, um, it's going to be... I'm very curious about Clay Thompson. There's reports that supposedly he wants out after this year, but who knows about that? You know, I think after KD leaves, I think they'll be able to, you know, rework his contract perhaps and persuade him to stay a Golden State Warrior. And I think, you know, a lot of people want that because, you know, that's that's a key counterpart to their, their organization. You know, no Clay. I mean, we're looking at Golden State in a different light. Not a bad light, but you won't see them as another team. You know, they won won four titles over the past five years. So, but either way, um, like I said, we'll see what the offseason brings with Clay. There's even reports of AD still joining LeBron and Kyrie, but I don't know. Like I said, I've, I've always said Kyrie and KD in New York, and I'm sticking to it. And I always said, at worst, New York gets Kembe Walker. But right now, I mean, 
I don't, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the draft, whenever that is, you know, looks like Zion's going to New Orleans. A lot of people are perceiving that. So perhaps New Orleans can throw a 180 on Anthony Davis and convince him to stay. So who knows? You know what I mean? There's also reports that Zion may sign a Nike deal. And then after that, he has the option. He hasn't signed an agent yet. So that leaves him open because technically he could he could go back to Duke if he wanted to. But we all know that ain't going to happen. It's like, why go and why go back and play at a university, a college uh, basketball school and play for free when you have all this money right in front of you? It's not there yet, but you're going to get it eventually. Especially a, ca- a player of a caliber like him. I mean, there's no... He can't get much higher. He's literally number one draft pick. I mean, there's no reason for him to work harder. I mean, so with that being said, you know, Zion, he ha- he does have the option to, uh, you know, sign a Nike deal and then perhaps play uh, on the summer league team, I believe, for uh, the uh, Olympics or whatever it was. He also has the option to play overseas for a year if he wants to. So those are a couple of conditions, a uh, couple of stipulations that, could you know affect new orleans and whatnot if he decides to stay or not so either way i mean a lot of things are swirling around this upcoming offseason for the nba so and plus you know the lakers that franchise they're they're in shambles right now the whole genie bus and whatnot and the rapalinka and lebron james and this and that so it's just like as a player who's a superstar in the offseason, you're entering free agency, you got to look at that and it's just like, is this something that can be rebuilt? Is this something that, you know, LeBron will be 34, 35 soon? So it's just like, uh, LeBron has about a year, maybe two years left of his prime. And then after that, his body's going to start to dwindle a little bit. It happens to the best, it happens. I don't see him playing until he's 38, you know, so enjoy these next, you know, two seasons at best i think he'll he'll be done around 36 37 so either way i mean so you gotta take that in consideration of going to la it's just like yeah well these years left in lebron it's like do i want to chance it and you know just play those years with lebron and perhaps you know the west the west is hard so it's just like and L.A. finished with, I think, the same record or perhaps worse record than they did last year without LeBron. So that's going to come into consideration. And plus, they hired the head coach, Frank Vogel, and assistant coach, and Jason Kidd. So that's going to also play a counterpart. It's just like LeBron wanted Ty Lue, but he denied it. So that's telling you something. As much as Ty Lue and LeBron, their chemistry is solid, he denied that offer. So it's just like... Is it is it is it an organization that's too toxic to fix? Is it something just to be like, you know what, time to let it go? So I don't know. Uh, L.A. They got a lot of they got a lot of ground to cover. Um, but Jeannie Bus, she's uh, by the sounds of it, her ownership is it's almost like a, a Jerry Jones in a sense when he runs his Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Jeannie Buss just seems to be the type that, you know, she wants to run the team and she wants to do it her way and she wants to get the credit for it, just like Jerry Jones. But we all know so far when every time an owner tries to run something, it doesn't always go that well. And I can't think of an owner that took charge and their 
their team won a championship. You know, the owner needs to realize their role, that they're the owner and they don't always know the sport. Jerry Jones thinks he knows the sport, but he really doesn't. He wanted to take credit for his era during the 90s with the Dallas Cowboys, but Jimmy Johnson got that credit for it with the Emmett Smiths and the Michael Irvins and uh, the Troy Aikmans, this and that. But it was Jimmy Johnson because he's the guy, he's the head coach. He had the accolades coming out of the, the, the University of Miami, uh, the University of Miami during that tenure when they, you know, with the U, the Hurricanes, won a few national championships. So it's, in a sense, it's kind of like that with Jeannie Buss. Her father, God rest his soul, he knew what he was doing. Jerry Buss knew what he was doing. So he knew how to handle kind of strict situations. There was a time when Kobe Bryant was going to be out of L.A., you know, especially that controversy, controversy and drama between him and Shaquille O'Neal. But they realized L.A. was like, all right, well, Ak, uh, Shaq is aging, so he's approaching there. So he went off to Miami and joined Dwayne Wade. They won one championship. And then as Kobe, they gave him a solid contract. But at the same time, you know, after they got him that solid deal, you know, they... Kobe came to the point where he wanted to be traded and he was thinking heading to Chicago. He was just like, I, you know, he's like, I need another supporting role. And they got Paul Gasol. So that was huge for them. And a few role players and Lamar Odom and Ron Artest are meta world piece. But so that seems like the kind of scenario with LeBron James right now. He does have the role players, you know, he does have a few key, key counterpart. He does have you know, Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma. So those are some solid players that you can rely on. But, you know, it's not exactly, you know, those guys are still young. So he needs someone that can be able to rely on to get, you know, put up 25 a night. So, and those guys are more of 16, 18, which isn't bad. That If that stays consistent within their career, there's guys like that that made the Hall of Fame before. You know, Scottie Pippen, he averaged only 16 a game. He was a solid defender. He made around six, seven all-star appearances. It's not, like, phenomenal. It's not an MJ or Kareem or Bill Russell-like. But still, if you're known to be consistent and put up numbers that you can be relied on and, you know, just show up and do the work every day and be a, you know, somewhat solid defensive player, then, hey, there's some, some you know, some good guidelines that you possibly make the Hall of Fame, you know. So, either way, and by all means, I'm not comparing Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma to Scottie Pippen. I'm not make I'm not making that comparison. I'm just saying if they were to stay consistent with those type of stats, like they put up so far in the past two years, or the pre- this past year, I should say, you know, those are some solid stats. But right now, he needs someone like a Kyrie Irving who can put up 25 a game. You know, he needs a score. LeBron is, he can be a scorer, but at, at this rate and his his age, it starts to dwindle after a while. You know, um, he, and that it was a sign this past season when he actually got hurt for the first time in his career. You know, he spends a million dollars in the offseason recovering, you know, and good for him this season. You know, granted, yeah, they missed the playoffs, but I think. If, you know, if I, being a Lakers fan, I see it as a blessing. I'm a fan of LeBron. 
So I'm going to see it as a blessing for him to finally get some rest after so many consecutive seasons of making the playoffs. So get some rest, recuperate, hyperbolic time, chamber time, you know, get your body right, you know, do a little vacation, go with the family, spend some time with the kids. It's well-deserved, you know, he's earned that right. So now I think personally, I don't see LeBron going to another championship because I just, even if he does get someone like uh, Anthony Davis or whoever, if he, they get one suit, you know, one other superstar in the free agency, I don't see it because LA is just, I don't know. I, th- I think LeBron, his, his health starts to, to deteriorate. Even if he does, you know, he spends a mil in the offseason. He's not going to play a full season anymore. You know, he's going kind to, of, these type of things, it, he needs to play a full season in the Western Conference. Every game counts, you know, and I think perhaps maybe he will because he learned this past season. He rested for a month. He was hurt probably two, maybe three weeks. And the rest, you know, he rested probably seven, ten days where he sat all a game just to get his body right. And, you know, he was he was drained. He was tired when he came back. He was a little heavier, about 10, 15 pounds. And he was just tired, you know. And when you got when you got a team that, you know, that that doesn't play defense and he tries to, you know, he wasn't playing defense for majority of last season. And then he started to pick up the pace a little bit, but he realized it was too late at that point. LA was just, you know, the odds of making the playoffs just started to dwindle more and more. So, and now, you know, uh, last month or so when Magic Johnson resigned, so he was out as GM. So... He didn't even tell LeBron, so it's just like, oh wow. So that was very unexpected, coming from his perspective. So there's that. So a lot of groundwork to work with for LA. It's I don't know. Uh, with like I said, there's reports of AD and Kyrie joining LeBron, but I do not see that. There's no way. Uh, maybe AD, uh, Kyrie, perhaps, but. So far, I think it's more favorable, like I said before, uh, Kyrie and KD in New York. They they joined the Mecca. They're best of friends. All right, Kyrie's actually closer than to KD than he is LeBron. So I think you know that kind of combination. It's something new. It's something fresh. And I think both of them want to you know they want to try something new. They don't. They don't. So. I don't know, we 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 seen the Kyrie and LeBron combination. It was cool and it was fun while it lasted, but now, you know, it's uh it's some it's it's something new that needs to begin. So and the Mecca's a hell of a place to start it. So either way, you know, it's uh the odds for LA, I think at best they'll get Anthony Davis and they they'll still struggle. Because Anthony Davis, uh, he's known to be injury prone, and LeBron, who's aging, he won't he he won't be able to play a full season. So that also isn't going to help Lakers' odds of to be able to stay consistent, especially in the Western Conference when you need a, you need a young prime guy to keep your team above water in the Western Conference. In the Eastern, he could do that. Yeah, that's fine. But the West, different different type of ballpark. So, but anyhow, it's just, we'll see. 
But with that being said, there's also the Toronto-Milwaukee. So Toronto, you know, it's odd with them. Um, I, I have them win the series, but so far, I mean, granted, yeah, it's only game one. But by the way it looks of it, it just seems like Milwaukee is just operating better. Um, you know, Kawhi, he's, it seems like he's doing everything he can. And it seems his back looks like it's getting tired just carrying everyone. Cause it just seems, uh, it seems they just, like I said, Milwaukee just seems to operate better. Uh, Giannis is on doing his thing at, uh, Kyle Lowry. He just, he seems to struggle a little bit inconsistent. So I don't know. We'll see. It's it. Game one is only done. So they play, they play tonight. So, it's, uh, I still, I still have some faith in Toronto, but after, you know, the first game, game one performance, it was just like, oof, that, that looked rough. So, either way, you know, I still have some faith in Toronto with Kawhi. As much people as, like I, you know, I've said in the past, I, I disregarded for what he did and how he left San Antonio, but at the same time, I also got to take San Antonio and accountability for how they handle the scenario outside the locker room. You know, speaking about a speaking, you know, negative about them doesn't help your case for trying to keep them as well when it comes to the public outlook. So, but game one, you know, Kawhi, 31 points, 10 to 26, uh, struggled to get his rhythm. Kyle Lowry, he did come up huge in game one so he did put up 30 points but it's it's it's, him it's odd it's like it's here or there sometimes so and then Marcus saw he can he's not much of a score he can grab you the board so grab you 12 15 a game but sometimes he can get hot and he was cold the game one going two for 11 but man when you when you look at Milwaukee I mean Nico Mirchik Giannis uh, Middleton, Lopez. Uh, it's just man, those guys are. Uh, they just I don't know. They're they're just they're not the typical uh, run and gun kind of thing like Golden State. They're more. They kind of operate almost like a San Antonio like level. They they're not gonna be flashy or anything, but they operate well. And they operate consistent. Uh, Giannis putting up twenty four, grabbing fourteen boards, dishing out six dimes. Lopez with 29, 11 boards. So, with a team like that and those type of big men, it's hard for Gasol to keep up with. You know, that's that's uh, those are two very big boys, especially uh, Nico Mirchik when he comes off. Uh, you know, with some fresh legs, he can be he can be dangerous as well. You know, he was dangerous in Chicago, very underrated, and so. I think he was probably relieved to get out of that kind of disaster environment too. So, but Toronto, Milwaukee, game two tonight. I'm going to stick with Toronto. I still have faith in them. But like I said, I do think, you know, with Kawhi Leonard, he he does look tired. You know, so I I think he's still on his way out. That's what my intuition tells me. I don't think he stays in Toronto. As I think he does, he loves and enjoys playing the game of basketball. It just isn't in Toronto, which is odd. Because I mean, you're in the conference finals. I mean, you he does have for the most part a solid supporting cast. 
Like I said, Kyle Lowry, he can be a little bit inconsistent at times, but for the most part, I mean, he does get you some points here and there. He can be hot. I, I will say that they do deserve to get one more, perhaps, uh, one more big man to help out Marc Gasol, perhaps, because he is aging, or perhaps, you know, uh, they need a, you know, possible shooting guard. So they need it. They need a consistent shooter. And I love Ky- and I love Kyle Lowry, but he's more of the six man. So, but we'll see. Game two, like I said, I have Toronto. I have faith in them against Milwaukee. So, with that being said, it's uh, you know, this kind of thing. NBA playoffs, man, it's wild. You know, this, this type of season, I, I love it. You know, we got the summer coming up. So, it's just, at the same time, it's kind of like, ugh, I mean, we're less than 100 days out from college football, thank God. To be specific, it's actually 99 days now. So, uh, so we're almost there till kickoff. But for right now, we just got the basketball. We got the conference finals, the NBA finals, and then we got baseball. Uh, baseball. I can watch it here and there. I'm more of the live guy, though. Baseball's more entertaining live, but not to get too distracted. Um, I take. I'm still have faith in my Raptors. I'm keep in mind. I'm not when I say my Raptor. I'm not a fan, but that's just my choice. I still think they win the series. I'm not down the mountain yet. So, but in other news, uh, what doesn't make sense to me is. Why do some of these players feel the need to take uh, PEDs? Uh, Patrick Peterson uh, for the Arizona Cardinals got suspended for six games. So with that being said, it just doesn't make it doesn't. Oh, it's just odd to me because he's twenty eight. He's twenty eight years old and he's he, he's in the prime of his career. It's like why put a, a asterisk on your resume like that? You know, he's he's phenomenal, he's a few Pro Bowls, huge impact player when it comes to the defense. Arizona's defense isn't too bad. It's more of the offense. They got no line, they got no quarterback, the the organization. I don't know who the GM or the owner is, but it seems like they they want something fresh out the gate and something hot right away, but when you fire a one-year head coach, you fire him just you gave you gave him one year and you fire him. And, you know, especially in a rookie quarterback and Josh Rosen and then he's gone and he went to Miami. So now it's just I don't know, it seems like Arizona's constantly expecting results right away. And that don't make sense to me because we all know, I mean, hey, I mean God didn't make the earth in one day. So, it took 6 days and then on the 7th day he rested. So, I don't know, but the whole Patrick Peterson, it's, it's, it's shameful. It sucks because when you hear guys like that, it's just like, man, why would you do that? You know, whether it's not just NFL players, it's in any kind of sport. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of famous baseball players did it. You know, I was a big fan back in the day. Uh, you know, the St. Louis Cardinals with Mark McGuire. When him and Sammy Sosa were going, you know, back-to-back, you know, shots in the home run title. You know, 50, 60, 70 home runs. It was fun to watch, you know, and the baseball ratings, they skyrocketed because of it. Because baseball was, it was starting to die. They were starting to lose ratings. And that's what rejuvenated it. 
but nowadays it just I don't know it's shame, it's shameful to, I just like I'm just more of the pure guy I love you know players you know as long as they don't take the PEDs I respect them more but if they take the PEDs I, I kind of look them at a different light I can't look at them the same so I think you know perhaps there are no doubt I think there are players that do take it and they just happen to get away with it but you know it's not always just to get bigger or stronger. It's also for recovery. But at the same time, it's just it's something that should be pure. It should be done, you know. But I don't know. That's just my perspective of it. And it's it happens in MMA all the time. Uh, like John Jones. Uh, I love John Jones. But, you know, when he's failed a few drug tests now, it's hard to look at him at the same light. I still re- respect him. You know, he, he, he has a fight against Diego Santos come July, July 6th. But it's always like, well, he's has an upcoming fight. He's going to have a drug test. Is he going to pass? Will he pass? Is the fight going to be called off? Is someone going to need to become, you know, uh, called up to replace him? Short notice. So it's just that kind of thing. It just it hurts the brand. It hurts the sport. So and it's just not a good look on the person in general. So I just... I'll never get why they, uh, you know, some of these players or fighters take it, but you know, it is what it is. Some people are for it. I'm, I wasn't a fan of it. Wasn't a fan with, you know, when Barry. I think I have a giant asterisk on Barry Bonds. <coughs> you know, when he, he when he got the home run record now over Hank Aaron, I was like, yeah, that's an asterisk though. You know, because he's not in the Hall of Fame. As people like to say, people, I don't think he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Because for that specific reason, Hank Aaron did it pure. He did it right. He did it the right way. And I just can't look at Barry Bonds the same way. It's just like, yeah, he's a home run king, but is he, I, I still look at Hank Aaron as, as the home run king. So, yeah, he has all these stats. He has all this and that. That's cool. But it's just like, oh, uh, okay. I mean, so it's just... What the what's the type of standard are we gonna hold these players now? Uh, what kind of are we gonna, you know, if you introduce guys like Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame, you're just showing more of a you know, just kind of slap on the wrist to the rest of the players that are taking PEDs to be like, oh well, if I fail, you know, I've had a solid career, I'll still get in. You know, so it's guys like Alex Rodriguez as well. So, you know. That's why I still enjoy watching guys like Miguel Cabrera or Albert Pujols. You know, they, they never had any suspicion or any failed drug test. They put in the work just like everyone else. It's fun to watch. You know, like I said, when I was a kid watching Mark McGuire, it was fun to watch. It was amazing. But when I found out he failed, it was just like, oh, you know what I mean? So as a kid, I was devastated. So it was just like, well, there goes that. So... I don't know. It's uh, for me that personally, that's just how I feel. I, you know, so like I said, if they get if they give Barry Bonds to go, you know, the green light to be in the Hall of Fame, it, it, then you're just you're showing a prime example. Like, yeah, you can cheat, but we'll still let you in. So it's just like, well, what's the whole point of the whole drug testing then? Then you know, what's the new policies then? What's going to be the guidelines? Are they going to change anything when it comes to the MLB? It's just like basically you just gave the green light to everyone else and show like, yeah, he cheated. He used, you know, he's used PEDs or whatever enhancing drugs. And so it's just like, well, you know, 
that gives to go away for everyone else. And I get it. I know a lot of people are like, yeah, well, PEDs don't help you hit home runs, which is true. But it does help you stay consistent. It does help you stay injury free as well. So it's just that type of ordeal. You know, Hank Aaron had to deal with a lot of trials and tribulations. You know, him being hurt a few times, but he played hurt and he played through it. 70s, 80s, you know, it was a different time. Players actually, you know, they had to do their own thing. So, I don't know, that's, like I said, that's that's just my perception of it. And it's just, it's I just look at players at a different light, that's all. So, but it is what it is. I'm just curious if they do let him in, Barry Bonds into the Hall of Fame, it's going to be like, well... Like I said, it's they're giving the green light to other people, uh, you know, that possibly are, are under suspicion of using PEDs. But it is what it is. We'll see what goes from there. But <clears throat> then, well, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, let's transition. Uh, I know I'm flip flop, flip flopping back and forth here and there, but. Uh, Supposedly, you know, Cleveland, so there's already, I wouldn't say drama, but there's some question marks now in Cleveland. Odell Beckham arrived at OTAs and, you know, then he left, I believe. And Freddie Kitchens, the new head coach for Cleveland, you know, he was, he was, you know, by him. He, he supported him. He's like, it's important for him to get mentally ready. And Odell, that was his reason. He wasn't mentally ready or anything. And I'm all for, you know, I've said before in the past, I'm all for mental health and mental well-being. No doubt. I think, in fact, I think May is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. So shout out to that. I'm all for, you know, players trying to get right mentally. You know, I said, I, I've said before about just Josh Gordon, I, you know, I hope and pray that he gets right, gets well. You know, that's the most important thing than football right now for him. Now with Odell, I don't know. Um, you know, it seems, you know, this isn't going to be the first occurrence or issue with him in Cleveland. It's just a theory. I'm just throwing that out there. You know, from his past, having some drama in New York and whatnot, he seems like he was really devastated. It took him to heart a lot harder than I thought it would you know it granted it is it didn't make sense given my contract extension that didn't make sense to me and then you trade them you know a few months later so they trade them to Cleveland and New York was like all right well we don't need this drama so now you know there's even you know some players that you know supported Odell and defended him it's, I'm just curious, you know, just to see, like, how is this going to go in Cleveland? You know, he, it's just like, does he really want to be there? Is he really going to play hard? You know, what, you know, being in Cleveland, going from New York to Cleveland, total different area. Uh, so it's just total different culture. So it's just, I don't know. Are him and Baker Mayfield going to be, connect you know are they gonna have positive chemistry is the locker room gonna be good so there's that so I I don't know I'm really curious on how like I said before in previous episodes uh Cleveland on paper looks phenomenal 
but we'll see how they operate. You know, just chill out a moment on Cleveland, not that whole train. Um, you know, like I said, Odell, he's had drama before, and it's just it's hard to see him as a leader, as a proactive, as a as as a motivator, and being outspoken in a positive light because you know. When New York didn't make the playoffs and then he goes and vacations in Miami or wherever it was, like, you know, about five, six days prior to the wild card game, it doesn't, you know, it's not a good look. You know, if I'm a player in that locker room or whoever, I'd be like, okay, whatever, you know, you're you're your own man as long as you show up in that wild card game, but he didn't. He struggled, you know, dropped a few balls, so... It's just, I don't know. It seems like uh, Odell and AB, they got similar personalities. It's almost scary, you know. They they, they they like the light on, you know, they like the spotlight on them. They they love social media. They love the IG and the Facebook or Twitter or whatever it may be. So they're constantly attached to that. That's our kind of generation right now as millennials, you know. We're constantly on the social media, this and that. So with Odell, I don't know. It's uh, if I'm a Cleveland fan, I'd be somewhat worried, you know, but I'm happy at the same time, you know, just how professional Freddie Kitchens and all the other players handled it. So that's a huge plus. But, you know, I don't know. We'll see. So all I know is I feel like Odell, like I would have, you know, it should have been something he should have been like a maybe a one day thing. Like, introduce yourself to the players, and then after that, just, like, I'm not coming, you know, the rest of OTAs. That's fine. But, I don't know. So, wherever his head's at, I don't know. Uh, But I know a few other players, like Shannon Sharp said, you know, he's, you know, he hears everything, but he sees what he sees. You know, him being an actual player in the NFL, he's called it out before. He was right about A.B., he called it when AB st- did that Facebook live stream uh, when they had a divisional win against the Kansas City Chiefs two years ago in the playoffs. He did a live stream while Mike Tomlin was talking to the team in the locker room, giving a speech. And Shannon Sharp, even, he called it. He's like, once they gave him that contract, all gloves were off. They gave him the green light to do whatever he wants, basically. In essence, it just wasn't in writing. And, you know, the rest is history. In the past two, three years, AB's been, you know, there was rumors this and that that him and Ben didn't get along. And uh, who knows? Whatever's going on. And so there's constantly, there's always something going on. And like I said, I'm I'm a fan of AB. I hope he, you know, hope he's doing good, you know. But I think him being in Oakland, there's, you know, that's a volcano. That's a, it's soon to erupt because John Gruden ain't going to take his his bull jive he ain't going to take that crap like you know perhaps because Mike Tomlin is more lenient about it he's a player's coach and that's a good thing it's not bad but you know John Gruden's more the old school kind of mentality he's going to yell at you and AB doesn't like that so we'll we'll see you know I, I just don't see I think you know like I said it's a volcano it's something that's a Eventually, that's going to erupt in Oakland or wherever they play this year. I don't know where they're playing. I don't know if it's in Oakland or wherever because they're still working on the stadium in Las Vegas. But the Raiders, in general, you know, they they got some work to do. 
Um, you know, I just don't see, you know, AB's a, going from a huge transition from, you know, um, going from a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback to Derek Carr. So who two years ago, he was phenomenal. There was that one, you know, there was once that one season where he, he was up, you know, candidate in the running for MVP. But now times are different. He broke his leg. Uh, he got hurt. He hasn't been the same ever since. So I, I don't think Derek Carr is going to be there. I think he'll be there this season. And after that, I think, you know, I think the Raiders are going to tank again. And then they're going to start, uh, you know, looking for quarterbacks, possibly free agency, maybe draft. I don't know. But John Gruden, he a lot of pressure going in this year. Ever since that Cleo Mack trade, getting these draft picks, he better hope these draft picks work out. He had a lot of draft picks, few in the first round, more than one. So this Cleo Mack, he better hope and pray one of these players is the next Cleo Mack. Even then, that, that's a that's a big that's that's a lot to take in. That's a big bargain to ask for. The next Cleo Mack, a defense player of the year, few Pro Bowls, still in his prime. So just ask someone of that to be the next Cleo. He better hope it's someone like that. So. Because uh, Khalil Mack made a huge impact in Chicago last year. And uh, Coach Matt Nagy, phenomenal coach. What he's been able to work with and with Mitchell Trubisky and turn him around. You know, and virtually, you know, the running game can do a little better, but they'll get there. I think uh, Chicago's could be more dangerous than people think in the NFC North. But with that being said, you know, um, Odell, AB, you know, Different cities now, different cultures. So, you got your big con, you know, you got your big contracts. You got your guaranteed money. You, you know, you, uh, AB said he wasn't happy in Pittsburgh, so he got what he wanted. He got his guaranteed money once he went to Oakland. And you know, um, Odell, he was happy in New York, so now he has to transition the thought process of you know, well you know i i'd be i mean i i'm i'd be just as confused as him because it's like y'all gave me a contract extension and then you trade me to cleveland so it's just like well you know obviously they didn't want me as bad as i thought they did so but if if i was odell i'd be like you know what? let's try and make the best of it you know cleveland they've been struggling for years let's try let's try and you know win a championship so like i said it's it's gonna be Interesting him and the chemistry of Baker Mayfield because Baker Mayfield is a quarterback that doesn't take anyone's crap. So that's going to be another developing thing to see in the off, uh, in the off season and this upcoming season. So, but either way, it's uh, less than a hundred days till college football. Thank God. But with that being said, uh, I'm out of here. I appreciate everyone listening in. Uh, like I said, I, you know, I've been lax days ago the past two weeks. I'm trying to be more consistent, uh, homework and, and, uh, work has been crazy lately. But with that being said, I appreciate everyone and all y'all follow, uh, follow my Facebook page on injured reserve. And then I appreciate everyone, you know, listening on to anchor and then the iTunes is on there as well. But with that being said, I'm Mitchell Anderson. This is injured reserve podcast and I'll talk to y'all later.